These times are urgently calling on us to remember and use our power, says Mary Catherine Moore. We are called to remember and use our power. It is easy to feel powerless in these times we live in. I get that. I also get that I need to get over that. Believe me, I am familiar with the concept of powerlessness. I am, as the character of Stuart Smalley, played by Al Franken on Saturday Night Live many years ago, used to say, I am a member of several 12-step programs. Admitting powerlessness is part of the program. Powerlessness over those things I cannot control. What is known as the serenity prayer addresses this, asking for the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. However, I want to say that this prayer is grossly misnamed and that this can cause problems. It creates an imbalance. It focuses on powerlessness, which is important to understand, but calling it the serenity prayer creates an undue emphasis on the things I cannot change, on powerlessness rather than the power which Mary Catherine Morn says these times are calling forth from us. God grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Now if the prayer were only about serenity, the prayer could end there. However, it goes on asking for the courage to change the things I can. The original version by Reinhold Niebuhr refers to the courage to change things which should be changed. Grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and which should be changed, and wisdom to know the difference. It is time for each of us and all of us together to claim our power. Kindness is powerful. Compassion is powerful. They don't always appear to be powerful, I know. But consider. Consider water. This is from a tapestry of faith lesson, a UU curriculum. Imagine that you are in a glider soaring over the Grand Canyon. You see layers of rock, red and yellow, brown and black. You see a deep gorge as if someone has cut a trench a mile deep out of the layers of rock. Some places the cut is narrow, the walls steep. And some places the canyon widens out so that the walls stretch wide apart. And at the bottom, through the 277 miles of the canyon, runs the Colorado River. Mostly the river looks rather calm and quiet from above, oozing along the bottom of the Great Channel. But it's not quite right to think of the canyon as being the route that the river follows. In fact, the river is what carved the canyon. Hear that? The river is what carved 
the canyon. Now, if you still have that water in front of you from the ceremony, take a look at that and think this, this substance carved a canyon. The lesson goes on to talk about how this happened over hundreds of millions of years amidst changes in the Earth's climate and the movement of tectonic plates and points out that though there's a dam across the Colorado River now and the river flows more slowly, still, gradually, the Grand Canyon continues to be carved deeper and deeper. And the lesson ends with the question, which is stronger, rock or water? If you pour water on a rock, the water will flow away while the rock stands firm. But given enough time, it is the power of water that carved the Grand Canyon out of the rock. Water has power. And it doesn't always take millions of years to bear witness to that power, though it may not look like much in a glass or cup or container. It holds the very key to life. And I'm reminded of a song from the group Brother Son that says, Love is the water that wears down the rock. Love is the power that can't be stopped. Love is power. Compassion is power. Generosity is power. Kindness is a superpower that we all hold. And these, kindness, generosity, love, compassion, they have the power to change things which should be changed if we but have the courage to claim our power. This congregation has given over $30,000 this calendar year to people in need in this community through the discretionary fund. That generosity has power. The people who received those funds were not only grateful for the tangible financial assistance, but they were grateful to know that there was a congregation who cared about them in this very tangible way. People who may not ever meet them in person, but still cared and showed that through this generosity. The food share and the little free pantries, the community outreach offering, the immigrant work that's happening, generosity makes a difference. You have an opportunity today and over the next weeks as we participate in the Guest at Your Table program to express that generosity across the world through the work of the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, working with grassroots organizations in a host of other countries. And I love how the UUSC tweaked our first principle in their mission, affirming the inherent power and dignity of every person. It shows that we can be grounded in our principles without being attached to particular words or a particular articulation. It reminds us that no words will ever be quite complete, but that we can come together again and again to consider what has been left out, where we need to focus, and how we wish to be together in this time and place. And it reminds us that people are not static creatures of inherent worth and dignity, but that we are human beings 
We are in motion, we are active, and we hold the power we need to act with gratitude, humility, courage, and compassion. May we remember our power in the days of our powerlessness. May we have the courage, and it takes courage, to be kind. May we discover and rediscover within ourselves the power of compassion that demands our hands and minds and hearts be engaged in fulfilling the promise of human dignity and worth. The power of faithful imagination, the refusal to give in to the cynicism and powerlessness that tyrants and empires depend upon to thrive. For these times, indeed, are urgently calling on us to remember and use our power. <laughs>